0: Hi everyone, I'm Lucy, I'm the founder of Secondhand Styling UK, an ever-evolving platform dedicated to the world of pre-loved fashion, encouraging people to shop, swap and style secondhand. Now did you know that the average person only wears 30% of their wardrobe, yet continues to pay £28 per week on clothes? We're on a mission to change their mindset, to not only better their wallet, their lifestyle, but also their individual impact on the planet, but do it in a way that puts the fun back into fashion and makes it accessible to all. This podcast is for those of you that want tips, tricks, and inside secrets on how to make pre-loved look premium. It's for those of you that want us to get down and dirty with secondhand chat and cover all of the latest topics that has taken the business by storm. And it's for those of you that want a place to go to hear from voices that will help you feel like a million without needing a million. Secondhand chat helps guide you on where to source, how to source, and what you need to know about when it comes to the world of pre-loved fashion. Hello everyone and welcome to Secondhand Chat. This is the podcast where we cover the tips, tricks and inside information, everything that you need to know in order to be a thrifting pro. And of course, we also include some news, some insights and some latest trends when it comes to the world of pre-loved fashion. Now, just a few weeks ago, we launched our first episode of this podcast and we're so grateful for all of your lovely comments and feedback when it comes to what we're actually speaking about here on the show. So continue on with the love, with the comments, because we want this show to be a place where you'll continue to tune into in order to actually find out something that you want to know more about when it comes to the world of secondhand fashion. And I truly believe that this space is constantly evolving, all for the better. um, And we just want to be able to share everything that we think is important when it comes to this wonderful, incredible, beautiful community of secondhand fashion and the people that fill it. All of us coming together to celebrate the world of clothes that already exist. Now, since that episode, we have been up to a fair bit. We did a swap shop, yes, that's right. A swap shop in Altrincham, which was a real success. Thank you to those of you who came along. And in the swap shop, basically, you could bring up to five items. You received five tokens and you could swap them for items that you no longer wore for items that you would want to wear. And the idea here is that these are clothes that are hanging in your wardrobe. They're not going to be worn again. Therefore, you're wanting to find them a good home. And the ticket that you purchase, that covers obviously the marketing and us actually styling the clothes, getting them ready for the next person who comes along and sources them. It was a great event, really enjoyed it and next we are actually organising our following pop up which will be a swap shop but you'll also be able to purchase clothes there and that will be taking place on August 13th with Molton Brown, the British fragrance maker, we're really excited to be partnering with Molton Brown again Um, and this will be an opportunity where you lovely ladies of Cheltenham can come down to see us you'll receive a complimentary personal styling session from myself, you'll also receive a fragrance consultation because of course you're never fully dressed without the right scent and on top of that you'll get 20 percent off anything that you choose to purchase from our pre-loved pop-up and and that's right and there is more Um, if you spend over 35 pounds on molten brown products you will also receive a goodie bag so it's going to be a really fun day really hope to see you all there so that's our next event that we're working on We also have some exciting news about a campaign that we're putting together, and we're looking for ladies of Cheshire next. So if you're based in Cheshire and you want to be part of this campaign where basically what we're saying is you don't need a million to look like a million and that is because when you wear secondhand fashion you can look feel like a million books without having to spend it and of course money is on our mind at the moment with the cost of living rising so dramatically but at the same time I believe that the way that we wear clothes and what we choose to wear ultimately really sets how we feel. And I don't think that that should be taken away from us. That's why I believe fashion is accessible to all when doing it through secondhand styling, swap shop or style secondhand. So if you're interested, you can send us a DM on Instagram. Now you will have to excuse me. If I am fumbling over words today, I apologize. Um, I'm gonna just blame it on the fact that I am six and a half months pregnant And they do say that your words tend to begin to jumble. Now, I don't know whether that was just, it was gonna happen to me anyway, or that I can just, you know, blame it on being pregnant. So I'm gonna do that. So if you hear me fumbling over words, just remember, Lucy's in um, a room right now that's pretty hot, she's pregnant, and um, it's later on in the day. So, you know, go easy on me. We have a very exciting guest in store for you today and I am super excited for you to listen to this chat that I had with her a few weeks ago. Now, Emily London is a sustainable stylist. She is a woman who knows her stuff. She used to work for Net-A-Porter. She is a content creator, writer. She knows what she's talking about when it comes to the world of fashion, but she's also an expert charity shopper. And I mean it when I say an expert. We managed to catch up. I've actually had her as a guest on our blog before. Um, So do go through and check out her interview on the blog. But it was really nice to be able to speak to her because there were a few conversations around charity shopping that I just wanted to have an expert give their take, their opinion on. Um, She also shares some tips and some tricks And on top of that, um, you hear a little bit more about her insight into the world of charity shops, how they're changing and what we can expect for the future. So stay tuned because that interview is coming up shortly. But before we get to that, I just wanted to share a little story with you. So on every podcast, I'm trying to give you a little bit of an insight into the daily life of what I do with secondhand styling. And this one's pretty funny, but it also has... um, a moral to the story. So last week, we were actually shooting some items of clothing that will be available on our website that will be um, launching in September. September is a very big month for the world of secondhand fashion. Obviously, secondhand September. So we were uh, photographing some images. And one of these images, I thought, you know what? Actually, a few of them. I thought some of the shoes, we've got some beautiful designer shoes. I thought I'll try and squeeze my feet in here because they do need feet in order to be photographed. Well, I thought they did. We actually chose against that once my feet were in these shoes and they were not looking good. My feet, not the shoes. Um, So we did that and then I thought, oh, well, we have a few dresses. Let me just you know, put them on and we can photograph those. Not all of them, we're gonna use mannequins, but some of them, let's just see. So I was working with my friend Raven, she's a photographer from New York, and I put this sparkly dress on. Now, I have never worn this dress before. It was through one of our secondhand events that we received it. And I thought, oh yes, I fit in this, this is good. Uh, It's not a maternity dress, and I'm still getting my body into it. All right, this is nice. We're just going to do a quick photo of it. So where the storeroom is, where all of our clothes are for the secondhand shop, is um, in a little village in Shropshire. So we got ready. I put on the dress, and it's a Sunday morning, and we're walking down the village, and I've got my flip-flops on, holding onto a pair of heels. I basically look like I've just been on a night out, but we wanted to get this really nice area where the sun was just shining perfectly. We thought it's gonna be great for this picture. Walking down, and anyway, we get to the front of the church and Raven says to me, this is gonna be absolutely perfect for this, this shot. Great, so I'll do a picture in the front and she shows to me and I'm like, oh, that's really nice. And I said, you know what, because it's got a razor back, let's get a photograph of the back. So she takes this picture of the back and I said, okay, let me just check it. And then I looked at her and I said, Raves, can you, is that my bottom that you can see? And she looked closer and she said, oh my gosh, yes it is. I was mortified. I was stood outside a church and the slip from this dress had not been pulled down. And so basically uh, you could see my bottom as I'm stood outside the front of a church having a dress, a uh, photograph with this dress on. Oh my gosh, you, I've never been so embarrassed and I do not embarrass easily. Anyway, the moral of the story is check all angles before you leave even when wearing secondhand. So you may put that dress on, check all angles, make sure there's no marks, make sure everything's pulled down, especially when there is a slip in the dress. So that is my uh, little bit of a a tip for the day right there. Uh, Let's move on swiftly to today's interview with sustainable stylist, Emily London. Enjoy. Hi everyone, I'm joined with Emily London, who is a sustainable fashion stylist. She is all about finding those second-hand gems for you. Now, I came across Emily a few months back now fell in love with her content, fell in love with how accessible she is, how easy she makes charity shopping seem to be. And of course, the incredible finds that she comes across. Everything that she picks up literally looks like gold dust in one of those charity shops. And she's here with us to tell us all about her background, how she got into it, and share some of those tips and tricks with us. So Emily, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to be here. It's lovely to have you with us now we actually had the privilege of having you on our blog a few months back as well and um, and it was really great just to see some of those tips that you shared with our readers and I thought what better way than to get you on the podcast and chatting to us a little bit more about what you do and how you do it so. Let's talk about charity shops. You provide so much content on the different sort of trips that you go on. You do one-to-one charity shopping. So how has charity shop shopping evolved over the years? And and what are some of the trends that we're currently noticing from customers?
1: It's a really interesting question. I would say that From my time as a teenager shopping in charity shops, the whole charity shop retail space has evolved. So whereas when I went in in the 90s, it was essentially a glorified jumble sale where everything was just piled high and sold cheap. Now, particularly in London, where I live and shop The charity shops are really making huge efforts to provide an enticing store uh, retail space to really get you excited about the beautiful secondhand clothes and bric-a-brac that they want to sell to you. So the space itself now looks very curated. Things are color coded. Things are ordered by size. The window displays are really enticing. Essentially, they are trying to show you that secondhand clothes is not a second best option. It's a really exciting way to find something that you need in your life in a really chic and sustainable way.
0: And has charity shopping always been something that you've done for your own personal sort of
1: style? absolutely so as a kid I used to go around the charity shops with my granny who lived in Cumbria and she called it Nicky nacky Newing (laughs) and we would always do it together and my granny was passionate about antiques so she used to find things and show them to me and talk to me about their history and the story behind the item whether it was a funny little glass horse figurine or whether it was a beautiful piece of crockery and as I got older she would tell me about the brands to look out for so that was the Winsmore, Alexon, Eastex, these really beautiful, traditional British brands that she loved because she knew the quality in the fabric was really, really sensational. And basically, from there, I started shopping as a teenager and into my early 20s, just It was something I always did, even though my history and my sort of career background is in luxury fashion journalism. I worked for magazines and then I worked for Net-A-Porter and other luxury e-commerce websites. I always charity shopped. It was always something I did because I always was looking. I've always looked for these beautiful quality items. And I knew from a very young age that you could find them for really reasonable prices.
0: And do you think because of your background that that has influenced the way in which you source secondhand and what you're able to find? Because you really do find some spectacular pieces.
1: Thank you. I mean, yes, I think because when I worked at net a I had to I was working in the editorial team and I had to write about all the amazing brands that the website was selling. And I was working for the Outnet um, at the time. So we were really having to talk about the hundreds of luxury brands that were available for sale. So I became I had, to get, I had to become very clued up about all of the um, brands, the trends, what was happening um, from a seasonal point of view. And all of that information has stuck with me. So now, wherever I am, whenever I go into a charity shop, I take all that information with me. So whether I spot an Hermes scarf, or I find a really beautiful Alice and Olivia pair of trousers, or I find an amazing Charles Jourdan handbag from the 70s, all of that knowledge, it's a bit like a sort of Rolodex in my mind. <laughs> kicks in when I find something and I see it and it sparks a memory it's really lovely
0: you mentioned at the top of this how charity shops have changed because they are becoming more of a curated space it is easier to find pieces when you go in and um, they're easy to navigate from whether it be the actual vintage pieces to like you said be- pieces just being color-coded Which brings me to ask, you know, who are charity shops actually for, in your opinion?
1: I will say that I think they are for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I know from being a part of a lot of um, Facebook groups dedicated to the love of charity shopping, that at this time where charity shops really are evolving, Mm -hmm. a lot of people... Um, are struggling with the changes because they say that charity shops are becoming gentrified, that they are trying to become like boutiques like Oliver bonus or whistles or something like that. And that they are losing what they always were meant to be for, which was to sell good quality items for people, individuals who had real need for it. Um, And I do appreciate that, um, that frustration uh, but I would say uh, as somebody who also has managed a charity shop um, for a while I did that for a couple of years I can also see the other side of the story that mm-hmm. charities need to raise money for their particular causes and I think as, as the sort of retail world struggles with uh, what's happening. In the world they almost need to adapt with what is happening and i think that charities will need to keep on sort of upping their game they can still sell high quality items for people who have a financial need to shop there, but I also think that they can present themselves in such a way that people who have other needs, whether it's from a sustainable point of view or whether people are just curious to shop in a different way, I think they can also appeal to them. But I would say that I really would love it. I would love to see charities being a little bit more open about what they're doing and why they're doing it, whether they whether that's through storytelling on social media or whether it's through their sort of brand campaigns. I think it would be great if they could be a bit more transparent about what they're doing and why they're doing it.
0: Definitely. I know recently I was in a charity shop and there was a certain designer bag in there and a woman had come in and she was complaining about the price of this bag. And the manager of this charity shop explained to her, you know, we are pricing it at this price because it is a designer brand. And if it isn't sold here, then it goes to our eBay store so that it can continue to get the money that this bag would actually get if it was sold in a second hand store. But yet this money will continue to go to the charity. And I thought education is key, like you're saying, for them to actually explain a little bit more through storytelling will help consumers understand why it is that they do what they do now something else that's propped up in um, charity shops is the sort of uh, I I want to say the increase in fast fashion we're seeing Mm. fast fashion in there not just from consumers but because certain brands will actually donate their samples to charity shops and they have some kind of agreement that that's you know how they'll get rid of the excess of what they have and then you have these young girls, probably like you and I, Emily, when you know we smashed <laughs> out charity shopping, going in, and they're not finding those high-quality British brands that you spoke about that you discovered with your grandma. They're discovering pretty little things and misguided, and they're discovering these items that are very on trend in shape, but are only going to last so long. So It's a very, like, it's a big conversation because these clothes have already been made. So they have to go somewhere. What do you think about fast fashion appearing in charity shops?
1: I agree with you. They do need to go somewhere. And we need to, we need to make them have a second life in some way. I would say that when I was managing a charity shop, I made sure that there was always a balance of product on the shop floor. So yes, you did have your fast fashion, um, if it was of good quality and you know was 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 in a, a good condition, alongside other types of product and brand. So that when a customer went into that store, they wouldn't feel like oh goodness, it's suddenly it's this is all x brand or goodness everything just seems to be this size and it doesn't you know none of this is 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 appealing to me um that's that's what i would suggest to managers who are having to manage the donations that are coming through as well as the corporate donations as they're called from um you know new stock that is sent directly from um retailers who you know past season product that sort of thing i mean i spoke to the um to a area manager for the Royal Trinity Hospice at a launch of a new shop that uh, they've launched in Earl's Court, and he was saying that um, Trinity Hospice has some ongoing relationships with brands such as Anthropology and Hugo Boss who give them X amount of products every season and it really does benefit the charity in terms of they are able to raise money from having this high quality stock within their shops Mm -hmm. but I think what Royal Trinity Hospice do very well is they actually make sure that it's not a huge store takeover it's very much the product is assimilated in with all of the other items on the rails so it's a lovely sort of add-on but again it doesn't feel like oh goodness is this just a, a sort of clearance shop for you know, whatever brand, anthropology, as it were. And I do find it interesting how uh, a ch- like shelter uh, charity, they have had more explicit partnerships with um, fashion retailers. So um, All Saints did store takeovers for shelter charity shops. I think they did one in Morningside. I think they also did one in Clapham South as well, where the All Saints... Uh, teams came in dressed the shop like merchandised the whole shop and sort of created an entire event event of their product but obviously being sold for shelter and for the purposes of raising money for shelter which actually I think is kind of a positive way of handling an excess stock situation because really it would be great if um, there wasn't this problem of you know having too much stock created every single day week season as it were but uh, but while we're in this sort of situation where we are still producing far too much I think it's good for to see brands like All Saints maybe trying to take a bit more responsibility and, and again being quite transparent about how they are trying to address their own excess stock situation and not just dumping it on a charity's doorstep and making them have to sort of deal with it exclusively if that makes sense definitely and that actually answers one of my
0: other questions which was about um I won't say the name of the brand but again (laughs) I was in a charity shop speaking to the manager and I picked up this beautiful dress and I was just saying to myself oh this is this is absolutely gorgeous and you know it's such a great price and I've noticed a few of x pieces Mm. and the manager just said yeah the thing is is that we can't advertise this. We can't put it in our social media. It's one of those sort of donations that has to say, hush, hush. Um, yeah. And that, you know is down to many different reasons. And it's not a criticism, because at the end of the day, they are making the most out of this excess stock, like you said, that they have. But when you've got a brand like All Saints, who is actually telling a story and helping mm-hmm. a charity and, and being open about it, I think that's remarkable. Speaking of which, we go from All Saints to charity shops and Emily, your career went from Neto Porter to, (laughs) you know, dedicating to the world of second hand, which I think is fascinating. What, you know, kind of what motivated you to make that transition? I
1: think... I think I reached a crossroads uh, about five years ago. Uh, My last job had ended um, and I I was working in e-commerce then. And I decided when that role had finished that I was going to maybe take a bit of a break and I might do something I've always wanted to do, which was to volunteer in my favourite charity shop in London, which is the British Red Cross just off the King's Road. It's a really special shop filled with vintage designer and designer pre-loved clothes. And... I started volunteering there twice a week, and I just suddenly, I suddenly felt a change in my mood. Mm. I felt really energised again about fashion, about the stories you can tell about yourself with what you wear, about style in general. I just suddenly felt like all these cogs were starting to turn again, and they hadn't for a very long time, and I hadn't actually even been aware that, that I was in that place of feeling just a bit stuck. And the longer I volunteered there, the more I started to really consider, do I want to go back to what I was doing before, which is, you know, essentially writing, creating content to support the sale, the sale of new goods. When I was surrounded by all these beautiful pieces of clothing, some very old, some maybe even just three months old, but they still had value. And I I realized that I actually wanted to be a part of this world rather than the one that I had worked in for almost two decades. So I made a decision to actually start managing the charity shop and I became the assistant manager there. And then after a year, I managed the Wimbledon village branch of the Red Cross. Uh, And then the pandemic hit. And um, I again started to consider what I wanted to do next, really. And I have always shared my knowledge and my passion for everything secondhand, whether it's a charity shop, a car boot sale, an antique market. You know, I love sharing my knowledge Mm -hmm. of of clothing, bric-a-brac, style. And I just thought, actually, maybe I could help people really um, shop this way um, all the time. Because actually, from my friends who have listened to this for decades and decades... They have always said, oh, you always find the best things, but I don't have the time. I don't know how you do it. And I thought, actually, well, then maybe I could help people um, make demystify charity shopping. I could help them really understand what their style is, because I think key to shopping this way is to have to make a concerted effort to step away from shopping by trend, by season and really shopping based on what your style is and I think a lot of people have really lost have lost the idea of what their style is from shopping in this sort of way that we've all been plugged into so I thought actually I'd like to focus on that as well as selling um, vintage and pre-loved clothes um, for people if they don't have the time to come shopping with me so that that was the sort of idea um, for my the next chapter of my career how it all sort of yeah popped into being.
0: And we're all so very happy that that was the transition
1: you made. Oh, thank you. I
0: I read the reviews and I look at the content of people who've actually experienced your one-to-one charity shop trips and I'm very jealous. So (laughs) how would you summarise, you know, what is it that people can expect when going on a shopping trip with you?
1: I think it's about letting go of all the rules and hang-ups that we have um, about ourselves and about how we dress. And I think with a, taking a tour with me, you have to let your curiosity lead you. And when we go into a shop, I know a lot of people say initially, Oh, I'm just so overwhelmed. I don't know where to begin. Mm-hmm. And I want to say to you and to everybody else just take it easy, go slow, always. And break the shop down into small manageable sections it's not a case of it's not a race it's not a competition this is just a store that isn't as sort of worked over as something like an MS or an H&M or wherever you normally shop so just lead, let your curiosity lead you start looking at colours cups shapes textures fabrics really start paying attention to what you are interested by and that is the stepping stone that will then lead to really exciting discoveries whether you buy it or not but you will start to develop a, a, a bigger picture about yourself and how you want to dress
0: and what are most uh, what are some of the mistakes that you notice people <laughs> make when they start out sort of secondhand sourcing as I put it
1: um I think it's that thing of everybody has a number in their head that they have to wear so a lot of people say to me oh but there's nothing ever in my size and I say to them well okay I'm a size 18 to 20 and I always find things in my size but let me tell you none of them have that number in their sizing label I think it's about um not limiting yourself to uh, a number inside an item or on a hanger it's really about looking at the cut the shape of an item and trying things on and seeing how that makes you feel when you when you put it on I would also say never ignore the men's section I think shirts blazers the quality is always so much better than um the items uh, of a similar style in the women's wear section. And again, it's about really being thorough about going through every single rail and every single um, box that might be shoved in a corner somewhere, because that's really where you find the real gems, whether that's a beautiful silk scarf or a really great belt those are the accessories which I feel a modern wardrobe is really missing out on and that's where charities really come into their own because they always have at least a box or two of those just waiting to be discovered.
0: Exactly, so don't overlook those little boxes (laughs) before you check out listeners and finally what do you think the future of charity shops holds for them?
1: I hope that it becomes even more mainstream, I hope that more and more people shop secondhand before they think about buying something new because I really think that will make such a huge difference you imagine if every single person in in a UK household the next time they wanted a jumper or they needed a t-shirt just thought oh I'll see if I can get it on Vinted or I'll see if I go into my local British Heart Foundation and see if they have something there I think that would make a huge huge impact on how we shop and um even like the amount of products that need to be created because of it. I really hope that actually, that more and more people just see the joy of secondhand and realizing that uh, new is not, is not number one. Not number one. And, and one thing that I like
0: to encourage the listeners to always think about though, it's not number one, but if you are going to buy new, buy in those designers and those brands that are made to last. And those ones that are made to last will be, you know tomorrow's vintage the vintage that emily you were talking about at the very beginning the world generation will you know be able to find and continue wearing on
1: absolutely i, I couldn't agree more it's about um, making concerted well, making considered decisions and then once you've bought that item looking after it it's just uh, yeah no more sort of buying for your friday night out and then donating it on sunday Maybe
0: that's the next episode I do with you,
1: Emily, if you'll be so kind to ever come back, which would be one
0: about actually caring for your secondhand items, because that is another topic that we need to cover here on this show.
1: I'd love to. That sounds amazing.
0: <laughs> well, Emily, thank you so much for joining us. How can people find out more about everything that you do when it comes to the world of
1: secondhand? Well, I have a website which is emilylondon.co.uk where I sell vintage and pre-loved clothing, and I also sell my styling services through there. So you can always get in touch with me through the website. I also have an Instagram account called at Emily London, and again, you can send me a DM. And I'm also on TikTok, (laughs) um, and my name there is Charity Shop Queen. uh, So you can always find me there too if you are interested.
0: Excellent. Thanks so much, Emily. Looking forward to continuing to follow on with your content.
1: Thank you for having me. You're welcome. See you soon. Bye-bye.
0: A big thank you again to Emily London for joining us on today's podcast. What a fantastic guest. Do check her out on Instagram, TikTok, and of course her website where you can find out more about her styling services. So that's it from us today. We will be back in about a month's time. Um, But until then, you can pop on down to our pop up shop taking place in Cheltenham on August 13th. And you can find out more about our events when it comes to swapping, our services when it comes to styling, and of course, course our shopping opportunity place hub that will be launching in September. You can stay up to date with all of our latest news, trends and tips on Instagram at secondhandstylinguk. I'm Lucy, this is Secondhand Chat and remember you do not need a million in order to look like a million.